Boy, if there was ever a time that I feel we could use a moment to talk about being a good human, it's right now. I really believe that. We are, I mean, in my lifetime, and you guys know I'm older than dirt. In my lifetime, I cannot remember a time when we have been in our country in such a place that people have just forgotten how to be a good person, be a good human. I, I go to the gym sometimes. I see these shirts that say, be a good person. And I sit there and I look at that and go, wow, isn't it wild that we actually have to have t-shirts to remind people to be good? It, it just is. I want to talk today about a couple of things. But first of all and foremost, I want to talk about being a good human. Because I think it delves into healthcare. It absolutely delves into healthcare staffing and an agency standpoint. I'm going to share with you some things I haven't shared with you previously, but I said I was going to. So we're going to talk a lot about being a good human on today's episode of Travel Evolved. Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. You know, I almost did the episode on the intro a little bit ago. So anyway, it was, I just went, wow. I could go all day on this one. This one has been an episode I planned a long time ago, but the timing couldn't be any better. Uh, we are in between the holidays, so to speak. We're right smack dab in the middle of them. We have, as you guys know, we did an episode a few weeks ago about the vaccine mandate. We've got supposedly another new variant coming out. There's, there's all kinds of stuff happening. And every single thing in our country right now is at polar extremes. I just can't. I, that's the way I feel. I grew up in the 60s and mostly in the 70s. Most of my memories are from the 70s. I was too little to be in it. You know, remember the 60s. But I grew up in the 70s. And, I mean, I don't care if you were driving your car when someone put their blinker on in front of you because they needed to get over, you slowed down, you let them, they gave you a little wave, and you gave them one back. Now, I live in Denver. I live in a suburb of Denver. So I don't know what it's like in your part of the world or where you're currently on assignment, but nowadays in Denver, I can only say, and in California too, mostly Denver, more than California, believe it or not, someone puts their blinker on, the guy behind, the person behind, guy or gal, <laughs> speeds up. And when the person tries to come up, then you give each other the finger. It's just the way our society has become. Tell me I'm wrong on that. It's, it's really amazing. And we do it every day without even thinking. Last year, a guy, we were, had a double turn. A guy 
came over and almost hit me because he wasn't paying attention to the lines. And I was on the right side. He was on the left. Maybe didn't realize it was, it was a double turn and almost hit me. I swerved because it happened to be turning into a three-lane boulevard, thank goodness. So I was able to go over. I kind of looked at him, and he flipped me off. So I followed him <laughs> to the car wash and asked him, why would you flip me off? And he got really upset and was got all nervous. <clears throat> I wasn't going to do anything, but I just kind of I wanted him to understand that, you know, how about, hey, gee, sorry, or maybe he thought I did something wrong, and, and why was his first reaction to flip me off? It's amazing to me, and it just it's a it's a quintessential thing that I see in our society right now. Now again, I wasn't trying to pick a fight or or whatever. I just kind of wanted to go, buddy. It was you know one of us made a mistake. I'm pretty sure it was you, but maybe you thought it was me. I don't know. But why would you flip me off? Why would you be that insensitive? What has our society become? And again, I'm picking on this guy. It was a long time ago, but still remember it very clearly. It's, it's like, why would you, why is that our first reaction in our country, in our world right now? Maybe it's not our world. I do, I do have a lot of international listeners, quite a few. Maybe it's not that way overseas or in South America or elsewhere people listen to us. Boy, it sure is that way here. And I've obviously, I travel a lot and I've, I've rented cars and driven around lots of different cities. And it sure does feel that way. I'm using that as an example to kind of be the catalyst for today's show. And that is that, man... We have forgotten how to be kind to each other. We have forgotten how to live with each other. With, I mean, everything is, is, you flip people off. In your mind, in your head, verbally, mentally, that is our first reaction. And something has got to change. It's scary to me. It's scary to me how this is not the country I recognize. This is not the country I grew up with. Yes, there were people who were jerks then too. Maybe you were one of them. Maybe I was one of them. But you didn't live your life as if you were the most important person in the world and nobody else mattered, like happens right now. Right now, we're so polarized politically. I mean, you name it, literally everything. If I told you I was wearing blue tennis shoes right now, someone would argue and say I'm wearing red tennis shoes. I mean, that's where it's at. You guys have seen those things on Facebook where someone says, uh, I just want to, just to prove that you can argue about anything, here's a picture of a potato or whatever it is. And, you know, it, it is. People go nuts on stuff. Our society today needs some work. It needs some help. And that obviously also translates into traveling healthcare professionals. The world in which you guys all live in, I think, is in trouble right now. It's scary. Now, I'm not even in the facilities, but I hear stuff every day. And I guess part of me goes, that's got to be the unusual, not the norm. And I'm talking about the way certain healthcare professionals treat patients, each other, staff, people that are, you know, come in to, to do different jobs at, at a facility. It's amazing. And, and I go, no way, that can't be that great. But the more I hear this, the more I start thinking, gosh, maybe it is that bad out there. I mean, it is bad. It used to be we treated everybody no matter what their mental illness was, no matter what their addiction was. Now, it's subject, right? It is politicized, and it sucks. And I'm just throwing that out there as, as, as the episode is that it sucks. And I don't care where you are, who you are. Take a deep breath for a minute and think about it. We are not in a good direction in our country 
and healthcare is right there at the forefront of a lot of this. And it's absolutely scary, sickening, you name it. I think social media is a big part of blame on this one. If you go back to, I think the first episode or second episode, maybe the second episode, I can't remember which, I talked about the social media paradox, how you want to be on social media because it's a great place to learn how to be a traveler and learn about positions and agencies and, and facilities, how to be a better traveler, but also you have to be careful about what you trust. It was, it's a paradox. It's the same way, what I, what I believe now is, and actually after doing a lot of um, the more controversial stuff I've done lately, it's really apparent to me that you can pretty much say whatever you want to on social media. <clears throat> Excuse me. People think that because you can hide. You can hide behind things. I've, I've been, um, I've, I've experienced that. People will say whatever they want to behind a, a, a Facebook group. But boy, if I actually walk up to them at a convention or something, they will not say a word to me and they will walk the other way and be scared because they know that I know what they said. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, like I've always said, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But that's a pretty good example of how you know, have the guts just to say, hey, listen, I disagree with this or I do with that, I disagree with that. But nowadays people can say any, I have watched great friends, family members all get into huge, ridiculous arguments behind the shelter and, and security and safety blanket of social media. I don't care if it's email. I don't care if it's texting. I don't care if it's posting something on, on Facebook. That's the world in which we live in. You can you feel comfortable saying anything. The guy could flip me off in my car, not expecting that I would pull into a car because I happen to be a member there too. <laughs> Didn't think I could get through the gate. Walk there. I'm I'm, I'm asking him what, what the deal is, and amazing how different he was from his confident, "You're number one to me," when we were driving down the road next to each other. It's remarkable, and I think people don't think about that. We are still human. Would you do that to someone in a grocery store? Would you flip them off right to their face? Probably not, but you can do it on social media. You can do it in your car. It's a problem right now, and it's, it's again, just something I want to spout off about in this episode because it goes back to the whole point that we have to start thinking about how to be better people, how to be a better person. Listen, anybody who wants to throw a you know, stone in a glass house, feel free. I certainly can't. I have learned and made tough mistakes all my life, still do. But I try to learn from them, and I think I do learn from them. But if you're always constantly doing your best in your mind to be a good person, to be a good human, no matter what situation you're dealing with in order to try to do that through, you win. You end up winning. Kindness always, always prevails over being unkind, for lack of a better word. It just does. And social media is a really, really easy place to be really crappy to somebody else without thinking about what that's like. So I'm saying that because I've seen travelers beat up travelers for asking innocent questions. Certainly the political stuff right now. Certainly the vaccine stuff. Certainly the COVID stuff, which, I mean, raise your hand if you're just tired of talking about COVID. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, again, I get that it's out there. I get it's what it's a thing, but I don't care what your where you lay on that thing. It's still got to be getting tired. I've been I've been tired of talking about COVID for a year. Anytime I get on something that says, "You want to learn about COVID? You want to see about the COVID?" No, I don't. I'm not interested. I don't want to I don't go on there to be forced into reading some article that I don't trust, by the way. I don't trust any media anymore, which is ridiculous, by the way. 
And I'm talking both sides. Every single media out there seems to have an agenda. Have any of you guys seen, it's, it's, it's a number of years ago, but Denzel Washington did a really remarkable, fast interview where he's basically beating up the media. And he says out loud, he says, any longer, I'm, gonna, I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly how he put it, but he basically says, your job in the media now is to be first. It's not even to be truthful or to be honest or to know the truth or to get the right story out. Your job now is to be first and you don't care if you're right as long as you're first. And he couldn't be more spot on with that. And what happens nowadays is if you're wrong, even though you were first, we don't ever hold people accountable. We don't ever say, hey, you have been wrong every single time or you're wrong, wrong, wrong. You just, you just stop. They don't mention it. And you just continue to be wrong and you throw things out there because you're first. And we as the public eat that crap up all day long on both sides of the political spectrum. Make no mistake, this is not a an anti-media. Well, it is an anti-media and it's everybody out there. I remember when I was a kid, you actually used to be able to trust what you heard on TV and what you read in the paper. <laughs> Does anybody really believe what they see and read on TV or on in the paper or on the internet anymore at all? That's where we are. We, you now read something and you've got to figure out, is this true? Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. I have no idea. Everything. Trusted sources. No longer a trusted source anymore. So, I'm way off. No, I'm actually not. This is exactly what I want to talk about. But I wanted to get, I want to get, keep this back to... It's hard to be a good human when we are so polarized right now. We are myopic in our views. We don't listen to anybody. We don't you know, adhere to someone else's opinion or, or say you can make a good point. It is If someone makes a good point, you're irritated, you're mad at them for having an actual point. And it's, it's unfortunate, it's, and it's really, really sad. I believe all of us are being used. All of us are, are being used. And to what reason? I can't always I can't always answer that. I don't even know why, but I do know that there's reasons behind it. It's just it's a, it's remarkable to me that literally every single person that believes what they do, we're all wrong. We're all not 100% right. How about that? We're not 100% right. So, being a good human, I think when it comes to being a traveler, you guys have I've always said put a huge amount of trust into the system, into what you're seeing, into, I'm talking about offers, uh, potential baiting and switching, or when someone throws something out there, here's a job for you. Agencies, recruiters, facilities, you're interviewing. I mean, lately I've been told by my people that this is not what it seemed like when I was interviewing. This is not what I was kind of told. Repeatedly. It's to the point now where do you guys even trust the interview process in which to, with a manager that you're probably going to be working for the next 13 weeks? I mean, I think most of you could handle if someone was just being honest with you and being a good human and saying, hey, this is where we struggle at this facility. This is where our assignment is tough. I have no control over this, but you guys kind of do. You guys could start asking these questions. Hey, I've been doing a lot of interviewing lately. And matter of fact, the last couple of assignments I've had have not been as advertised. Can you tell me, are there things that we should talk about that I should be aware of? It doesn't mean I wouldn't accept this position. And I certainly am not trying to have you choose somebody over me. 
But legitimately, is there something that would be helpful for me to go into this assignment if I'm offered it with my eyes wide open? I mean, I, I just think that that is an honest question you could ask. You might get not get the job. if there's You might not want it, right? If someone doesn't want to tell you they're offended by that, that could be a good, hey, maybe this person was going to leave something out or not be quite forthright about part of this assignment, the patient load, the, the type of patient, the age of the patient, you name it. It could be anything. If they're going to get offended and offer somebody else, it's probably because they didn't want someone with an inquiring mind and a critical thinking brain to ask those kinds of honest questions. So it can translate and absolutely does translate into the facility in which you're working, the interview you're having, certainly the agency, certainly the recruiter. You've got to trust everything out there right now. And you've got to do it and be a good human yourself as a traveler, meaning that you've also got to be just as forthright about the things that you're dealing with. If you have, you know, maybe not been in this specialty for very long and it's over your head, you got to be honest about that. You got to start looking at yourself. Honestly, do I really want this type of assignment? Lately, I've been getting hit pretty heavily. I mean, heavier than normal with folks that have issues on their license. And it, it can be frustrating from, you know, an agency standpoint, if you're not told that stuff up front, most people do because they understand it's just a big waste of everyone's time to not deal with that and not have it be something that's brought up in the interview, depending upon the severity, depending upon how, you know, how far back it was and what was done to satisfy uh, a potential issue. But it's amazing and remarkable that it, it still is one of those things that, you know, just let's talk about. Let's have an honest conversation. Everybody makes mistakes in life. Last time I checked, we're all pretty human. And far be it from anyone to sit there and tell you, you're bad because you made a mistake and I've never made a mistake before. Everyone makes mistakes. But let's talk about it and let's figure out a way to get through it to see what assignment makes sense for that sort of thing. So, you know, it's, it is just, to me, it's just remarkable. And again, I did an episode on a different thing that was the exact same thing, but it was a very different feel than this one is because times were a little different back then. It was pre, for lack of a better word, it was pre-COVID and it, it seems like it was also every day that goes by, we seem to be getting more and more um, political. And so we had, I don't even want to get into it, but there are people that are that have been upset, that are happier now, people that were happy, that are upset now. I mean, it's just, and it's, it's just, it's ruling everything, which means it's harder and harder to be a good human, I think, right now, because there's so many people that are influenced by what we see and read. So this episode is... A little different than what I intended it to when I started, you know, reaching out and, and talking about this. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all have a choice on how we're going to live life. And from an agency standpoint, I can tell you that I like to sleep well at night. There are times when, you know, this is a tough industry. There are times when this is, you know, the right answer isn't always the right answer, but you've got to get through and do what you have to do. And right now, it feels like there are happier travelers than there's ever been because most of the money is a little stronger than it has been in the past. But there's still an awful lot of crud out there. There's an awful lot of stuff you guys have to deal with that makes your job more difficult than I feel it's ever been. The compensation's strong, but what you're paying or what you're doing to earn that compensation is is has gotten a lot more difficult, to say the least. All right, let's drill down into this a little bit. Let's really talk turkey about what I'm saying. I kind of beat up facilities a little bit. But that's the truth. What I want to talk about being a good human is, for those of you that are on the facility side of, of things in this equation, I know that there are people that listen to me 
and watch me knock it off. Just tell people what the assignment's going to be. When you're interviewing someone, let them know what the truth is. Why would you want to convince? I understand there's less supply and probably higher demand. It's kind of ebbing and flowing, and who knows, it could, based upon what I just say, get really bad again. But be honest. How does that possibly serve you if you're not being forthright about what the details of a position and what the details of that assignment are going to look like for a traveler? You've got to start realizing you're going to have a revolving door in your unit. So be willing to interview more. I know it takes a lot of time, but find the right traveler who's willing to work in your unit under the conditions in which it already exists. It's not, to me, unreasonable to think about it. Obviously, I don't need to talk about facilities and the pay rates. Those are all based upon supply and demand. And I actually think that, I guess to my surprise, and maybe to many of your surprise, the rates while they went up and went up substantially, I mean, I got to hand it to hospitals. They recognize that they've got to pay a certain amount of a bill rate to us agencies in order for us to be able to go out and recruit and attract you guys in this day and age. And my hat's off to them a little bit that they have kept the rate reasonable. Yeah, every once in a while I do see a rate that I'm like, there's no way that facility is going to get that type of a, of a candidate in whatever specialty or whatever you know profession that is in that location at this time of year, but it's pretty rare. Nowadays, it seems to be that facilities have kind of moved into that right supply and demand where they're doing the things the right way. So I don't need to talk about them being a good human too much. I do want to talk about recruiters a little bit. I think this is where I'm hearing pretty heavily that it's it's getting pretty bad again out there. Recruiters are, are doing the baiting and switching. They're you guys have to be able to navigate through these waters, and that's hopefully why you listen and watch to me because while there are a bunch of really great recruiters and a bunch of really great agencies out there, your job is to try to figure out which ones aren't. And hopefully without having just to go through the school of hard knocks and that learning curve, you're going to listen and be able to figure out and recognize some of the things that are instant red lights, red flags, so to speak, on, wow, either this agency or this recruiter is not going to be a good fit for me because... They're doing all the things that I've learned on Travel Evolve that I don't want to have, have be done. So for you recruiters, and I got a bunch out there that listen to me, much to their chagrin. <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I guess they listen to me just to, I don't know. I'm not sure why they listen. Maybe because to, to realize what they're doing wrong. But stop it. Just knock it off. Just, again, look at the big picture. I believe, honestly, if recruiters were more upfront about things, you guys would go, hey, I may not have liked that person's answer. Maybe they don't have the job I'm looking for, the rate I'm looking for right now. But I did like their integrity. I did like the fact they didn't waste a bunch of my time. And I've never understood why recruiters, not all, but notoriously a lot of recruiters out there will do everything they can to get you to take an assignment with them right now and not think about this person could be a good long traveler for me, which makes me a lot of commission and a lot of personal you know, revenue for my income. If I tell them the truth and maybe I, I take that high road, but unfortunately, just many of them or some of them, at least that just don't, they just take that short road and they try to convince you or try to bait and switch you. And, and I guess on that note, rates are, are really, really all over the place right now for the same position has always been my, my issue. You've got 200, 300, 400 companies all dealing with the same exact bill rate and their rates are literally hundreds of dollars apart for the exact same assignment. Now, that's not necessarily the recruiter's fault. I have told you guys that many companies do incentivize their recruiters to, to 
bring in and, and close deals on larger margins, they'll make more commission. So the company makes this huge chunk of money and the recruiter does make a little bit more, but it's amazing. These recruiters just run around and go, yes, 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 yes. And they make all this revenue for the company and they make a little bit themselves, but they're really, you know, doing the, the work of the heavy lifting for the company in order for them to make the huge amount of bucks. They might make a couple more dollars a, a, a week on you, but the agency's making a couple of thousand or a couple, you know, many hundred dollars a week on you for the recruiter doing a good job of, of that, that, um, that margin that's looking for. But what I was getting at is that it's not always the recruiter's fault. A lot of companies have their margins set at a higher rate than others. So imagine being a recruiter working for a company whose margin is high, is, is high and, and what they're offering is less. It, is, it can't be easy. And I can imagine that, you know, there are some really good people that struggle because they're constantly fighting a lower pay rate than everybody else in the country. And it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean they're not a good human. It just means they've got a, a rule to apply to and adhere to in their job and a job function, and they cannot escape that. So it's hard. But it is kind of the way the industry works. But getting back to being a good human, and, and you know, now that we've kind of talked about things you guys need to be aware of here's the here's the fact last time i checked it is easier to be kind than it is to be downright crappy to people i mean it really takes effort in my opinion to really be crappy to other people i mean it, it really does i don't care if you're in the grocery store i don't care if someone's coming out you know and you're holding the door to not do that it, it's an effort it feels like to me it feels like it's, it is more difficult to, to actually go out of your way to be a nasty person than it is to be a good person. Tell me I'm wrong in that regard. All of you people that are great people out there, isn't it easy? Isn't it easy and doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it make you feel good about being better when you actually do things for your fellow man that are, that are you know, it's just about being who you are. We've all known that person that just walks through life just with that scowl on their face. They've got, you know, they say it's easier to smile than it is to frown. It actually takes more muscles in your face to frown. Yet there are people out there that are just like that. They are just miserable. For whatever reason, whatever life has thrown them, they're just miserable. It's hard, but life actually throws really wonderful benefits to you when you are kind. You just feel better, you know? And I'm not talking about this baloney that... I'm going to go on a soapbox here again for the fifth time on this episode. Here's a trend I don't like. I see social media again. I think one of the biggest problems with our society right now is social media. You've got people on different media saying, I'm a great person because here I am. I'm going to go ahead and give this homeless person maybe a meal. Or I'm going to do something kind for this homeless person. <clears throat> Whether I'm going to give them a lot of money help them out or buy them clothes. But by the way, I'm going to film it to make myself feel better. I'm going to film it because I want everybody to know what a wonderful person I am. Forget the fact that this person is probably at the lowest point in their lives and now I'm going to humiliate him or her by putting them on camera so that everybody can see how horrible their life is. I mean, really? And listen, we've all been guilty of watching it going, oh, it's a feel-good story. You know what? Is it? Is it a feel-good story? How about just give the person what you're going to do and not put it all over social media to try to make yourself feel better about it? How about just do something? I have this weird thing that if you do something kind for somebody and you tell somebody or you toot your horn in any way, it, it, it nullifies that and actually comes back and makes it more negative than ever doing this something nice in the first place. Keep it to yourself. Give people money. Hold the door for people. Buy people behind you, you know, in the line or at the grocery store food. Whatever you want to do. Go and go to the 
the, the layaway counter and do the, all those wonderful things we see people do. Just don't do it all over the place and try to make yourself feel better because you're wanting other people to think, wow, what a great you know, human you are. You're actually not. You're actually trying to tell people, look at how great I am. Just do it and be quiet about it. You'll find it's a lot, a lot more rewarding than walking around saying, I am great. I am wonderful. I'm a great person. Last time I checked, it's like the, the smartest person in the room thing. The more you talk about something, the less true it actually probably, you know, in fact, really is. Kindness is contagious. And I will say that. I think that, you know, you've seen those stories and people, when they do things, other people return that favor, the pay it forward thing. It's real. When, when you have somebody do something really kind to you, it's just our human nature. I'd love to think that we want to do the same thing for somebody else. We want to do things good for other people. We want to make people feel good. That is easier and more fun than trying to ruin someone's life or flipping somebody off, you know. I mean, it, it, it is. When's the last time, I'm going to go back to my original thing, you had some road rage and one of you, hopefully it's you, went, sorry, and kind of gave the, hey, I'm sorry, you're right, I'm sorry kind of gesture and went on with your day. That person you did that to probably went, oh, okay, I guess I'm kind of the jerk now because I wasn't the first one to say I'm sorry. You try it. Next time you're having a bit of a road rage, and maybe I'm old enough now that I don't even get road rage. Even when I had road rage, it wasn't even road rage. I wasn't upset. I just wanted, I was just curious as to why someone would do that. But if you have road rage, be the first one to go, sorry, roll in your window and say, I'm sorry, my, my mistake, I, you know. Or give them a wave or whatever. Someone flips you off, give them a wave and give them the I'm sorry. It makes them feel like a jerk because they actually were the ones that were just trying to really get, get aggressive with you. Be the good human. Be the one, <coughs> excuse me, that is the first one to say, hey, I'm sorry. And let that spill over to everything in your life. You know, let that be, and, and trust me, I've got things happening that are really remarkable to me right now that it's really easy for me to go, oh yeah, well... But it's nice to go, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. And I'm telling you, things can be and are starting to get really, really good. If you really look at this industry, I will keep going back and saying that I still wholeheartedly believe that the industry has a really great opportunity as long as we evolve and change a little bit. And I'll talk about that here in a second. I talked about that. Okay, I'm kind of going through my outline. I guess I'll start right now. So I want to talk a little bit about, I've mentioned this before, that I'm going to bring you guys along on my journey. I keep throwing it out there. I, the, the, the fact is I'm not quite ready to really take you along the journey because I had a plan and I still have a plan and it's a good plan, I think. I will tell you this, um, almost two years ago, I started recording when I, when I decided what I wanted to do and I came up with what I feel was something that I think the industry needed. The first thing I did was I said, I want to document this. So those of you that know me know I'm kind of an eye dotter and a T-crosser. I'm a little meticulous about things, and I'm kind of a little bit strange when it comes to numbers and charting and tracking stuff. But the one thing I said I wanted to do is I wanted to, I want to document what's happening with my idea and a creation and the formation of a brand new company. So literally every week I started almost two years ago putting my thoughts down at the end of each week. Here's what happened this week. Here's where we are this week. 
good, bad, and indifferent because I want to be able to talk about it and openly talk to you guys about here's not just here's the wonderful, great things that's happening with our company. That's what you're going to get from everybody else's agency. Everything's wonderful. Everything's rosy. We never have any problems. All of our recruiters love us. All of our internal people love us. All of our travelers love us. Baloney. You guys know that's not true. There isn't a company on the planet that's that way. I guess maybe some of them seem like they are, but very few. I think are companies that literally everybody is totally thrilled that works for them internally or externally. And I'm talking not just in travel healthcare. So I wanted to talk about the bad stuff too, because I thought that would be helpful for you guys to understand that we have issues on the agency standpoint. Again, one of the things you're hopefully going to get from Travel Evolved is some things you've never heard before. And I think that's one of them. That's an honest human thing. And talk about being a good human. Sometimes it's okay to say we make mistakes. I don't think I'm ever going to get through life for the rest of whatever time I have left without continually making mistakes. And trust me, I don't always learn from my mistakes. I'm not perfect. Nobody is that I know of. There was one guy, right? So we do our best to learn from our mistakes, and I still make them. Everybody does. We all make mistakes in life, and we hopefully learn from them. Not always, but if we do learn from them, I think that's how you evolve and get better. And that's what this whole series and this whole podcast, this whole YouTube channel, this whole show is about, is helping you get through some of those mistakes that other people have experienced so that you can be better faster. But one of the things I wanted to do is talk about what was happening that week. The drama, the the, the wonderful things, the creativity, the the setbacks. You know, the, the, the hard knocks, the, the, the learning curve, if you will, of what it was like to form a new company. And many of you out there have thought about starting a company, getting out of maybe healthcare, or maybe you're a competitor of mine, maybe you're a recruiter of a competitor of mine who's saying, I want to start my own company. That's how most companies happen. Somebody gets an idea, says, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the person making this little bit of commission when I'm making a company a whole bunch by, you know, keeping a margin thick. I want to make that myself. And it feels really, really, I guess, empowering or pretty easy to be able to, you know, work this side of the industry. I will tell you, it it's not. <laughs> it really isn't. This is not for the faint of heart. I've said it before. It is difficult. You have to, you cannot go through this without breaking some eggs. There's just no way, two ways around it. You're dealing with that triangle of trust I talk about. You're dealing with learning curves. So I want to document and I wanted to document what I was doing and how, how things were going. And by the way, I have this thing where I actually have never gone back and listened to any of what I've recorded. But I have it all every single week without fail. Sometimes I had to do it you know, a day later. But every week I have recorded what happened, good, bad, and different, with the start and involvement and creation and concept of a new, of a new company. And I will tell you guys this. I think the industry needs a shot in the arm. This is... An industry, in my opinion, that hasn't evolved, to use our, our phrase, at all. I mean, I've been in this for 22 years now. I can actually say that because Thanksgiving was 22 years, roughly, actually about a week or two before Thanksgiving. 22 years now I have been in this industry, and it is, you know, yeah, there was the fax machines have changed and not been used as much when it comes to credentialing or getting people in on board. There's been technological advances that have changed and, and moved from emails to texting to phones, you name it. But the industry itself has remained stagnant. It is still the exact same thing. In other words, hospitals and facilities, you know, there's the quiz. There has been the creation of vendors. That's one change that's happened. But they still have an all-inclusive rate. There's now vendors involved who take a carve out a piece of that. But the agencies are out there 
looking at that bill rate and setting their margins of what they feel they need to make per each, you know, whether it's a percentage or a dollar amount, you name it. And then they're portraying to the traveler, here's what we're able to pay you for the same job that 200, 300 companies have. And the real fact is, whether you guys get this or not, I think you probably do, is that the only real difference oftentimes comes from that recruiter. In other words, is this person a good salesperson? Are they likable? Maybe they're not a good salesman, but they're a wonderful person. There's two different you know, thoughts there. You can have somebody who's not a wonderful person, but is a great salesperson. It makes you think that they are. But that's usually the difference. It is the recruiter or the voice or the persona of the company that makes you decide which one to go with. And that's kind of been the way it's been for 22 years. Everybody out there is competing for your business for the amount of positions that they happen to have available, which, which, often, which mostly overlap what other companies have as well. Yeah, there's some exclusivity out there. There's some contracts that only people have, but they're still trying to sell you to take that exclusive contract over the two or three or four other positions that might be in the same city, same town, relative, same area. And there could be dozens of, of I'm sorry, assignments that all make sense to you. And what they all do is we all come in, we try to scramble, try to convince you to take this one because we have one of these 20 assignments, but don't even consider or look at anybody else's out there. This industry is inbred. <laughs> I'll say that. It is spinoff after spinoff after spinoff of a couple of major companies from different parts of the country that all have kind of evolved and, and spun off. And now there's little subset cultures of them. And, and, and you got big companies gobbling up the little company trying to keep their brand, but let not even know that they actually work for them now that their name is, is part of their umbrella. It's insane. And you guys deserve better. I've, I've felt that way for anyone who's known me for any length of time. I've always felt that travelers didn't make enough of the pie. I used to say they didn't make enough money. I can't say it as much now because the pie has, has gotten a lot bigger, right? If you look at what the pie is, which is the bill rate, the bill rate has gone from being, you know, this to being a, a much bigger pie, so to speak. Like those huge pizzas you get some places where there's like the whole size of the table. So the percentage that you guys get of the pie still, in my opinion, needs to increase. And I've always said, if you could build a company that paid more, doesn't that make sense? So for those of you that are thinking about starting your agency, one of the things I would say is, to me, your job is easier if you pay more. But this thing comes into your head, and this is what I was telling you, when you start owning a company, you're like, oh, you gotta, you got to make more money because you, you've got bills to pay, and you've got recruiter commissions, and you've got you know, people that are doing credentialing, you've got insurance, and you've got advertising. And all of a sudden, the real world hits you. And a lot of people in our industry realize that you can't, and everyone falls back in the exact same similar or almost identical model. If you were to sit there and carve out 200 travel agency in their books and look at their cost of goods. I'm sorry, their, let's just start with their sales, then their cost of their goods sold, cost of goods sold, I can't talk right today, their top line, and then their operating expenses, and then their bottom line. You would find the differences to be very little. There's not a lot of differences between the way all these agencies all work. And I, I'll, I'm gonna not going into too much today, but I've, I just felt like, why hasn't this industry shifted why hasn't this industry changed it's you know this was back in end of 2019 early 2020 so two years ago why why are we still all doing the same thing has anyone ever sat there and honestly said could we 
as a group, I'm talking travelers, facilities, vendors, and agencies, could we do better? Could we staff better? And would, could everybody be happier if we tried a different model, different way? And the answer to everyone out there was, nope, we're going to do it this way. And you know why they want to do it this way? Because it works. It really was a working model. You guys would agree to, to that small of a piece of the pie. Agencies would want to keep their piece of pie. Vendors liked their pie they carved out. And hospitals were willing to shell out the whole pie, so to speak, because of the insurance and the amount of, of, of hospitalization and prescription drugs and you name it, all increasing. So it worked, sort of. I mean, it does work. Everybody was making money, in my opinion, with the exception of some of the travelers. I just feel that way. I feel they were making money, but if you look at who's doing all the work... It's you guys. I mean, you guys, that hasn't changed. Hospitals, obviously, are, are money-making machines. But let's ask some honest questions. What exactly is a vendor doing for their 5 to 7% of that bill rate? And there's some vendors out there like, well, I'll tell you what we're doing. Okay, well, really? What is an agency doing for their now high 20s to low 30% of that bill rate? And the answer is, Really? How much are you doing to make that kind of money per traveler? What exactly is the effort? Yes, you've got a machine, but as far as what do you contribute to that cog, I still will tell you that I think it was way smaller than what the actual piece of pie that agencies were making are. It, it, doesn't, it didn't make sense. There's a disparagement that didn't make sense. So my quintessential start was we got a problem. Let's figure out how to change this. We just might be able to do something pretty remarkable in the industry. And I'll leave you at that for this week. Um, I know I'm kind of teasing, but the fact is I've just got some things I still need to finish up. But I, I'm excited about talking to you guys about this because I want to give you a little bit of history of, of how I got to this point. So we're going to go do a little history lesson over the next few weeks, next few episodes about just the way I saw the industry going and how things happened, some mistakes I made, some companies that failed, some concepts that didn't quite work out. Um, and just in general, the temperature of the industry and what I was hearing when I talked to a lot of travelers, when I talked to a lot of facilities, talked to a lot of vendors, and all the things that kind of brought me to where I'm at. And it was, I, I hope you guys find it interesting. I mean, I, to me, it may, it may be, it's only interesting to those of us on this side of this, but I do think if you're a traveler and you even have no interest whatsoever, starting your agency, I do think this stuff is going to be important for you to understand this side of, of the business. It'll help you to, I think, appreciate a little bit of what agencies do and don't do. Much like you guys want everyone to understand, it, it makes you more well-rounded and it really will help you. You can, you know, you can hear this, but believe me, the more you know about all aspects, the more you know about how hospitals make money and how they bill and everything else, that helps you to know that. Same thing with the agency standpoint. So I'm hoping that this will help enlighten some of you, and I think it might help the communication, episode number one, fall into place a little bit more and become a little bit better for everybody. So on that cryptic note... I'm excited about it. I actually will tell you guys that. But I appreciate today as always. Thank you guys for subscribing. Please tell all your friends. If you're interested and you like what you're hearing, what you're seeing, tell everybody you know. Our, I'm about 35% of my goal. And so we're uh, we're doing pretty well. And it's been great. So I really there's a certain amount of people I want to have. Uh, an audience I think is going to really make a big difference. So 
tell your friends if they if they if they like us great they'll subscribe but i really appreciate the, a lot of the sharing a lot of the information the, the back uh, kickback i've been hearing from a lot of you guys for those of you that, that i am your cup of tea i appreciate it and i will talk to you guys next time on travel evolved